Good evening, guys. How are we all? Oh, I've got to go live on there. There we go. There's a lot of buttons to press now because we record it, <laughs> as you guys know. We're on Discord. I'm going live on the TikTok. And then Paddy has another phone looking at my face. <laughs> and he's putting that out on the TikTok as well. So there we go. Lots going on here. Um, hope you all had a good weekend. Um, we've kicked off to an incredibly busy Monday. Um, as we normally do in family law, it's always busy, busy, busy on a Monday. Everyone falls out over the weekend and everybody wants to go into court on a Monday morning. So there we go. Nothing new there. Um, welcome to those of you. Hi, Zoe. Welcome to those of you joining me on TikTok. I'll just give everybody on Discord a couple of minutes. Viscount, I can see your hands up and I will be coming to you first. Um, when we go live on the on the Discord, it takes a moment because obviously the uh, notifications go out um, so I always like to give them a minute or two. Um, yeah, you can do, yeah. Paddy's here with me this evening, so any technical problems, we do have some support. Okay, let's kick off for another hour of family wow. law. So Michelle, you're up. What's your question? Oh, hi. Hello. Um, no questions, actually. So I heard on your um, one of your podcasts the other day that um, if you've got a step-parent, they can um, try for parental responsibility... I'm just wondering if they have to be married. Um, so, yes, is the answer to that. If Because okay. you're not a step-parent if you're not married. Um, so, okay. yes, uh, a step-parent, you're married. So partnership doesn't, doesn't count? Then, yes, because that, that that's a marriage. Um, so they could apply. Um, the rule of thumb as well is that if you are living with the child or have been living with the child for three years or more, then you can apply for parental responsibility. So for okay. those that aren't married, if it covers that three year sort of um, uh, gauge, then you then you can also apply for PR. Okay, no, that's All really right. good, helpful. Thank you. No problem. Um, just a question, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, no? So. Um, I've recently put in a C100. I've got a letter back from from the courts to say that um, they, you know, they've got a, a date um, coming up at the end of November where the, the gatekeeper will um, uh, kind of deal with everything and yes. we'll hear back from them yeah. after that. I think. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering what the role of the gatekeeper is like what. So that's Kafkas. That? That's actually Kafkas. So Kafkas will do oh, a okay. safeguarding letter. Um, and that's what we refer to as gatekeeping. Um, so the CAFCAS will do a safeguarding letter, which is essentially where they'll put your name and the name of the respondent through the computer, police computer, social services, and see what churns yeah. out. So make sure there's no safeguarding issues. Make sure no one's got any yeah, convictions well, for violence or anything like that. Or maybe well, the children... That, there is, actually. That's why um, I've put it in, so that the children's oh. dad, we have some safeguarding issues. Oh, there we go. Um, well, then so the, 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 the CAFCAS's letter, safeguarding letter, will churn that out. Um, okay, no, that's really helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Michelle. Bye -bye. Uh, Karen, you are next up whenever you're ready. What's your question? Oh, hello. I've got two questions, really, for you. I recently yeah. just left my husband two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, he's in the marital home that we only purchased last year, but we took advantage of the um, discount from the council to buy it. So, unfortunately, we can't sell the property for another four years, or we'd have to pay that discount back, which we obviously know. Yeah. So, I'm, I've left the property. He's agreed to pay... Or um, the mortgage, everything else, while well, I've had to come into this property. Um, would I be able, if he changes his mind in four years, to force him to sell the property? Or where do I stand regarding 
because the mortgages in both our names came yeah. for mortgage payments within four years. Could you get those back from me if you requested that? Well, it, are you married, Karen? Yeah, we're married. Married, okay. Going through a divorce, I take it. Well, we haven't we haven't got that far. I just left them like two weeks ago, so okay. we just separated at the moment. But we will be getting getting a divorce, yeah. In the so future, yeah, yeah. So what you need to do is get the financial order that makes it very clear that when the four years are up, you would like your share of the equity. Okay, you're not necessarily asking for an order for sale, but what you're saying mm-hmm. is that when the four years are up, you actually want your share, and therefore, if if is he the one that stayed in the property? He yeah. in the property, yeah. So if he can't afford to buy you out, then the property will have to be placed on the market for sale. Okay. But you need how would I how would I have to get a financial order? Is that through the courts? It, it is through the court. So you need to start your divorce off first. Your issue get your divorce petition issued, which means that the the divorce proceedings are then on foot, and then you'd write to him or you'd speak to him and you'd say, Okay, this is how I assume that the finances are going to be settled are you in agreement if he says yes then you can ask us or another solicitor to draft that financial order for you and we'll send that into court and that's how it's made if he says no and you two can't negotiate that order between you both um, then the matter goes to court and that's where you make a financial application but cross that bridge when you come to it Karen because he might be in agreement in which case you're just looking for an agreed financial order then as opposed to having to make a financial application. And so what happens though, if we didn't want to, if we wanted to put the divorce off and we didn't want to like go to, through the divorce proceedings first, we just wanted yep. to deal with the house first? Well, you, you can't get a financial order if you don't have a divorce. So then you'd be okay. looking at something like a separation agreement, which isn't legally binding, but it does record. Right. It's a bit like a, a prenup, but it's, you know, the other the other side of it, if you like. So it's just a separation agreement that you both document and sign to say upon the divorce, this is how you'd like the finances to be settled. OK. All right. Yeah, that's brilliant. Great. Thank you so much. OK, thanks. Bye. Bye. Uh, Michelle, you are next up. What's your question? Um, sorry, um, yeah, I, I completely I forgot to ask you a question earlier, but um, I just had a few others. So, um, because my my children's dad has some alcohol abuse, um, I want to ask him to do a um, like a hair strand test um, in the courts. And I'm just wondering how much will it really show up for him? Because from what my children say, when they're there every weekend, um, he kind of binge drinks around them quite a bit. But he has a full time job, so I don't know how much he's drinking through the week. And I'm wondering if if it's just binge drinking the weekend, will it show up as him so, having a drinking problem? That that will all depend on the length of the hair, okay? So okay. If, if he's got really long hair, we could potentially exactly. go back, you know, a year, two years. I mean, okay. when, when we do it on, on females and they've got long hair, we can go back sort of six or seven years because it, it right, stays okay. in the hair. Sometimes with the gentlemen, it can be a little bit trickier because obviously they keep their hair short, the majority yeah, of people. So generally, if it's if we've got an inch worth of hair, we can get about a month, six weeks of readings. Um, but obviously, okay. you know, it, it changes all the time and the laboratory is always mm-hmm. coming up with other ways to, to maybe find the analysis. But my understanding, um, and I did a lot of it when I used to do practice legal aid, was that an mm. inch of hair gives us about a month. And that's why you'll have um, orders or directions in court orders 
that actually order the respondent not to cut their hair until such oh, times really? as a drug. Yeah, until until the drug testing's complete. Yeah, because oh, you'll you'll get people that that deliberately like shave their head so they yeah. you know and and the the laboratories they will take underarm hair any sort of body hair but the best okay. hair is always the the hair on the head. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's good. So, um, just one other thing. So yeah. My, my daughter, so I've got two children. My daughter's 12 and my son is, is 14. Um, my daughter has decided that she no longer wants to see her dad at all. Yeah. Um, which which is for the best, I think. Like, he has a few issues. Um, and I'm just wondering, will, will the courts force her to see him if she doesn't want to, being that she's 12? So at 12, she will have her voice listened to. Kafkas mm-hmm. will certainly want to explore why she doesn't want to spend time with dad. And it might yeah. be that they sort of chat with dad and then offer or suggest contact, but at a, at a reduced framework. So maybe just an hour mm-hmm. or two on a Saturday morning, something like that. I think um, so. Yeah, because I, I mean, I personally, I don't feel very comfortable for my children to be at his house because okay. he's had... Um, a few occasions where he has physical fights with the new girlfriend or the neighbour wow. while my children are there. So I don't want, obviously, my children being around it. Yeah. Um, and obviously my daughter's seen that a few times now and doesn't want to go. Yeah. But then on the other hand, my son being 14, he does want to spend time with his dad. Um, yeah. And I'm wondering, again, how much would they have taken to hit like, my son's um, wishes when I really don't want him to be around that? Um, I my think son has ADHD and I'm wondering if if I can kind of say, you know, his judgment might be a little bit impaired because of that. Yeah. Um I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much on, on the you know, putting the emphasis on the children to be able to justify their wishes and feelings okay. because if there are safeguarding concerns, um then they will be identified. Yeah, we have reports and, yeah. and those other things. So. Yeah. So I, I, I think you've probably got a strong case, Michelle, um, to mm-hmm. have both, the, you know, the children listen to, given that we have got some um, abuse issues here. So I wouldn't worry too much. Sure. Okay, no, that's really great. Thank All you so right. much. No problem. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Bye. Everyone. Just glanced over um, to TikTok, because we're on TikTok Live, and Unicorn Princess, um, who was on here last week, Um, has just put a message on to say that she had her hearing today and all went well. So well done you, Unicorn Princess. I'm really pleased. So, Michelle, I'm going to come to you first. Gilly, just hang tight. I'll come to you in a second. Michelle, what's your question? Hi, thank you so much for this. That's Um, all right. I've spoken to you before briefly. Um, I'm currently going through um, court proceedings with my um, daughter's father. Yeah. We're going... the section seven is in process, um, and we've been going to the contact centre um, for a few months. But he recently changed it back to one hour yeah. um, for reasons that basically he did something he shouldn't have done whilst he was there, and decided then that he was going to change it back to an hour. Anyhow, um, it ended up in the contact centre because of uh, I had safety concerns. Um, long story short, ended up in the contact centre. Um, I now feel that the, the safety concerns have been heightened. So I'm wondering, at what point do I flag that? Do I wait until we're back in court? Do I contact somebody? Do I mention it to Kafkas when I speak to them? Um, what do you think? Absolutely. I would do all of the above, Michelle. All of yeah. the above. So I think you definitely okay. need to mention it to Kafkas when you next yeah. um, um, hear them. 
sorry, see them. Um, when you, just before you go back to court, you'll be putting in a position statement, um, literally the day yeah. before. You need to mention it in your position statement. But I would mm-hmm. also be communicating your concerns to the other side and saying, look, okay. not sure what's going on. There were safeguarding concerns. That's why you're in the in the contact centre. But this, 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 and this has happened, which I think, you know, exacerbate the problem. Um, perhaps you could let me know, you know, so at least you're communicating it to him as well. Yeah, okay, perfect. And on that note as well, obviously, he, we used to live together. His name is still on the tenancy. I yeah. know that I can't get his name off the tenancy without, I think it's an occupation order and or a prohibited steps. I haven't applied for either of those. Do I have to make an extra application for that or can I sort of raise that in court when we go back to court or will the judge potentially add it on anyway? Does, does he live there, Michelle? No. No. So an occupation order, it's a family order from the court that actually directs that one person move out and one person stay. So it wouldn't wouldn't be an occupation order that you need. And a prohibited steps order is another family order, but it's in the Children's Act. So again, it wouldn't be a prohibited steps order that you'd need. You need to start by um, speaking with your um, housing association. Is it it through a housing association or whoever it's through? Go and speak with them um, to see how you go about removing from the tenancy. There is a way that we can do that, but it's not through an occupation order. Um, okay, that's what they said to me. Um, they said to me occupation order, so that's why ah, I was asking. Ah, right, okay, okay, that's fine. That's all Brilliant. right. Um, Brilliant. But with regards to the prohibited steps, about you know, with regards to the safety concerns, yes. would that be something that I have to ask for, like an added application, or will they? Yes. Is there a possibility they'll just add it on? Yeah, no, no. You you will need to ask for that as an additional. The court will only deal with what's in front of it. You know what 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 uh-huh. is it being asked to do? It won't just add things on willy nilly. Um, so if you if you want to have a prohibited steps order then you make your application and you're doing it on a c2 you're not doing a fresh c100 it's a c2 because you're already in proceedings and you're sending it in asking that the court also consider for a pso okay perfect all All right right, then that's wonderful no problem thank you so much for your help thanks michelle yeah you're welcome bye thank you bye um, so a quick question on TikTok. Somebody's asking, can I get engaged while going through a divorce? Yes, you can. Absolutely. Just do not marry until you have your decree absolute. But more importantly, don't remarry if you haven't sorted out that financial order, OK, because you will buy yourselves from being able to make a claim. Second, I'm going to go to Miss P. What's your question? Hi, can Hello. you hear me? I can, yeah. Brilliant. Hi, um, I'm fairly new on here. OK, um, Welcome. Hi, um, I've, I've got a couple of questions, but I think you nearly answered just one with what the, the last um, person was asking about um, okay. living in a, in a rented accommodation where you're trying to get the other party's name removed. Yeah. Um, I've been separated just over a year. Um, I had to ask my partner, my husband, sorry, to leave um, because of um, drug use yeah. and and onset of what I believe is, is mental health issues that really affected me and our children. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to find out is if I wanted to start divorce proceedings, how might I go about it where um, I have no idea where he is and, and even if he is located, I'm not sure on his ability to complete any kind of documentation where he potentially has got mental health issues. Okay, are you saying, Miss P, that he wouldn't have capacity 
Or are you saying that he just maybe wouldn't understand the form? Because there's a big difference between somebody who maybe just struggles to read and write, but somebody who lacks the mental capacity to... No, yeah, I think he, he has got mental health issues because of his drug use. Okay. And I don't know if he, if if it would be seen that he hasn't got the mental capacity at the moment to be going to do these type of okay. um, like situations. Right. So if we if we just break it down, deconstruct it for a moment, how you start the divorce process is online on the government website, mm-hmm. okay? You yeah. will need an address for service. That's the only thing. You can give the court the email address, but they are going to be looking for an address. Now, it doesn't have to be the address where he lives. It could be perhaps a works address if you don't know where he lives and you've tried everything to try and find out where he lives. It could be an address that he visits regularly. For example, sometimes, you know, we visit family members routinely at the weekend, for example, um, a friend's house. But you are going to have to get some sort of address or contact details for him. Now, if you get across that hurdle, then what you can do is have a process server serve him because then the process server will give you a statement that he has actually received the divorce petition and you can then move on with the divorce process. You won't need him for anything else then because all the court want to know in the new no-fault world that we now live in since April of this year is that the other side have received the divorce petition. That's all they want to know. Has the other side received the divorce petition? So as long as you've got some way of knowing where he is, you can serve him via a process server. It's going and to be. If I can't find him because um, over this last year he he has been making uh, abusive phone calls and have had to block his his changed numbers quite a few times. Yeah. Um and. His family won't help. Like he's he's got stuff here that I've been asking him on several occasions. I've even offered to pay for them to be sent in a taxi to wherever he lives. Um, and he's not answered. He's not wanted to to give me anything. Yeah. I've spoken to his family to see if he comes and visits or yeah. or if he's keeping in contact with them. And nobody really wants to get involved yeah. for fear of kind of reprisals you know the, the, yeah. the, the put out what the kind of behavior he's been displaying which is quite yeah. abusive and yeah. kind of erratic really so and of course i, I don't from, know where he's living he, at all I, he wasn't working then, when he um left okay let me let me jump um, in let me jump in so because uh, ultimately or all, all i all i need to know is that you don't know where he lives and my answer yeah. to that is going to be then you're going to struggle um, because you you cannot divorce somebody without showing the court that they have received a divorce petition. It's as simple as that. Um, there is an application that we can sometimes make for a disclosure order, but they're really difficult to get. And that's where the court will make inquiries um, from the um, Department of Works and Pensions with his name and date of birth and see if they can get an address that way. But they're, they're quite rare disclosure orders. So ultimately, if you do not know where he is, then you are going to struggle, is what, what I would say. Okay. All right? Okay. It's, it's a tough yeah, one. Yeah, I really don't know what to do because, um, like I said, we live in a rented accommodation that he's still on the tenancy. Yeah. When I spoke to the council when he first moved out, yeah. they said that they discussed the option of him coming off the tenancy. Yeah. But they, at the time, identified that he... Um, he was acting quite erratic and they decided that it was probably best for him not to do that at that time. 
Okay. Well, that yeah, that doesn't help you with the divorce. Every, <sighs> everyone's findable. Trust me. You're just going to have to dig. You're just going to really have to dig. You'll find him. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll give that a try. Thank All right. you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Um, Alastair, what's your question? Brilliant. Um, yeah, so just uh, reference, I've got a neutral evaluation here in tomorrow, uh, just in reference to uh, change of surname that my ex-partner's put in for our son. Um, we received a statement of my ex-partner today. Um, it contains quite a lot of false accusations in there, but no real kind of relevance to the um, specific issue of the change of surname. Yeah. Things like... Um, what happened before we broke up? Like the, one of the things she put in there, constant reminder of my surname. Um, the surname was given on the assumption that we'd still be together. Um, references how long it took uh, for me to buy her out the property. And the only real thing that I found in the whole statement that had any kind of relevance was around the words of uh, that our son should have, we should be able to identify uh, with his mother and main caregiver via the surname um, as a sense of belonging. Yeah. Out of that, what do you believe that? I mean, Kafkas have done all the checks, bank background checks uh, ahead of this meeting. Um, they've got no further part to play. They've put that in there. I just wonder if you've been, if you've had any, any examples of um, of a similar situation. Yeah. Um, so and whether it's been successful. Or not. I think I think the thing to remember, Alastair, is that it's up to her to prove that the change of name is needed and is in the child's best interests. Okay. If you're having regular contact and actually the court can't give a valid reason or can't find a reason as to why the name should be changed, then they won't do it. They can be notoriously hard applications to win. The successful um, change of name is where perhaps father is in prison or there is domestic violence or father hasn't seen the children for you know more than sort of a five-year period. Maybe where mothers, um, you know, father hasn't seen the child and mother's also had another child and she wants them all to have her name because, you know, they're siblings, etc. Um, so, yeah. you know, it, unless we have extreme circum circumstances like that, they can be difficult. So, you know, if you're a father that's actively involved with the child, sees the child regularly, the child's always had your name and has never been known by anybody else's name, um, Based on all of that, I doubt very much she will succeed. Would would yeah, be so would be my on view. That, um, on that last uh, point there, you ra you raise around. Um, it's always been the case. I'm very much involved in his life, and I've put a a counter clip counter kind of uh, application in um, for shared care, and this I've discussed um, on a previous occasion with yourself around shared care, trying to okay. get because uh, I'm I'm having no success of having our child overnight. Um, it was a story around um, that our son, nearly three-year-old, is still being breastfed, but I'm not aware if that's still the case or not. Um, and that's and I've kind of put that argument in because I'm very much involved in his life. I see him, you know, every weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, there's all, all that, and he, he you know he's lived with me up to only well, a few months ago. Um, well, we all did together, um, and now we get this kind of application going in. So I just wondered if you'd had any kind of previous um, and, and how successful it was going to be. Because yeah. obviously you get a bit nervous for the, yeah. the hearing tomorrow. Yeah, no, I, I would say that, you know, based on what you've told me, she doesn't have much strength. There's not much weight to her application. 
And as I say, yeah. if, if you if you remember that she has to prove it's in the child's best interest, not you, you're just going to say, look, you know, what's changed? I mean, it doesn't matter that parties break up. That has no impact on, on the name that the child should then, you know, sorry, that the child's name should then be changed. He wasn't given the surname on the condition that you stayed together. Um, so, yeah, I, I think with all that in, in mind, um, I, I, w- I would feel less worried if I were you. Yeah, and the only other final point I've got, the last one, last thing she put in the statement was around, we had a discussion after this was all brought through um, court, was around double-barrelled name. Yes. Um, and asked whether I would um, kind of kind of go with that. And my answer initially was, was, was no, because I felt that I'd been kind of forced into that, being in that unwanted to the, uh, position of making that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and and I just wondered if whether you felt I was being unreasonable when when, when I felt when, when I'm kind of feeling like that. It's it's a personal choice, isn't it? You know, how old is is the child? Uh, he's nearly he's two and a half, so he's, well, he's, well, he's nearly three. Yeah, so. You know, it, it's very much a personal choice. If the name chosen at birth was that it would be your name and it would therefore be be a singular name, um, then that's what you've signed up to, that's what you've agreed. If not, mum mm-hmm. is now proposing that it goes double-barrelled. It's a difficult position to put the court in because a court never wants to come in between two parents um, no. and, and may suggest that the pair of you, you know, go out and negotiate. It may also, Alastair, ask you for your reasons to object you know why why do you feel this way about him having a double-barreled name um you know because they will put that to you if that's what mum's resolve is so mum is saying he won't let me change it to my name so could we therefore have a double-barreled name um so Mm. you know be be prepared to just let the court know why you disagree with that if you disagree with that your question to me about is that unreasonable it's not a question i can answer because it's it's very unique to your family do you know what i mean so it's that will differ from one person to the next, and, and it's a personal decision, really. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. That's fine. Um, All right. And I'll, um, like somebody before, I'll uh, report back and let you know how it's Brilliant. Going. Okay. Thanks, Alastair. Good luck. Speak Thanks, soon. Bye bye. Uh, Jodie, you're up next. What's your question? My question is so, I, my ex, so we split up eight years ago. Um, we also have a child, so we have an eight-year-old from that relationship. Yeah. Um, I recently got into a new relationship, so I've been in my new relationship for about six months. Um, I get a lot of abuse, so I get phone calls, voicemails. Um, he shows up at my house, banging on my windows. Um, a lot of verbal abuse and a lot of abuse towards my child as well. Yeah. Um, he, he is involved, so he sees him every weekend. Um, my son does come back, you know, with... A million things that his dad has said you know he brings up the past a lot money um you know tells my child that now that i'm in this new relationship he's going to get pushed out um i have called the police you know the police have come and removed him from the property um, but it always just goes to no further action so i was just wondering do i have any options because it's just it's so much like mentally on me that it's and on my child as well, now that yeah. I'm in a new relationship, he's kind of moved on to 
kind of given that abuse to my child as well. Yeah. So I think, Jodie, you need to probably take some advice about a non-molestation order. That's the first thing I would say. So it's an injunction, but it's dealt with by the family court as opposed to the criminal court. Um, And it may be that you're entitled to legal aid. Have you ever made inquiries about legal aid? So we did a few years ago. So we went through mediation, um, which I did get legal aid from. But my circumstances have changed. I have got a full-time job now. Okay. Um, So I would struggle with, you know, paying for like a solicitor or something like that. So I'm not sure if I would be entitled to it. So when uh, we went through mediation, he... We did one session and then he didn't show up. Okay. What I would say, Jodie, is just try the legal aid route first of all. Um, So you can give the civil legal advice line a ring. Have you got a pen handy? I'll give you their number. Yep. So it's 0345 345 4345. Okay. And they're called the civil legal advice line. They will be able to tell you if you're entitled to legal aid or not. Just worth giving them a call. You'll be on the phone with them for about 15 minutes and they'll run through um, just a few questions with you about affordability mainly. Now, if you can't afford, sorry, if you don't qualify for legal aid, then obviously a non-molestation order, you can do yourself um, or you can pay a solicitor to do it. Um, they are quite an involved application, but lots of people do do them themselves, okay? So if you didn't qualify, what I'd say is drop me an email to say I don't qualify and I can tell you the name of the form and you have to fill out that form and do an accompanying statement telling the court exactly what it is you're looking for and why you're looking for it, okay? Okay, so what can I just ask what that office so would that prevent him from showing up yeah yeah so non-molestation orders they generally um they're worded so they don't come 100 meters of where you live or work or where the child goes to school they can't phone you or email you or contact you in any way directly or indirectly they can't instruct a third person to do the same and of course if you've got that in place and they breach it then you can actually call the police because you have a court order then that's being breached Okay. And what about where does how does that affect my child? Because obviously he does he does have a relationship. Yeah. With so him. so he would be well he would be included on the order, and obviously yeah. you'd need to discuss the specifics. If contact continues, then the order would have to be amended or be varied to allow that to happen. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's All right. Great. Thank great. You. All the best, Jodie. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Uh, KK, you are next on my list. Can you hear me? I can, yeah. What's your question? Uh, I just wanted to actually say thank you. Um, I've been listening to you and uh, taking your advice for a while. And I've just gone through my financial order with uh, my ex. Yeah. Uh, It went brilliantly. So I just wanted to come on and say thank you for actually the advice that I've uh, got from yourself. Oh, that's so Um, sweet of you. Thank you so much. But um, there was a there was one or two questions that I did have. Sure. Um, we did come to an agreement during the uh, the court hearing, but yeah. I've not heard back from the judge because they were meant to uh, sign the consent order, but we've not heard back from them. How long would that normally take? So you do have to chase the courts. Um, I'll be honest with you. At the moment, I mean, you know, sometimes we can wait up to six to eight weeks to get the the court orders back. It will depend on the court that you're at and how busy they are. Um, But if I were you, just if as long as you've given it sort of three to four weeks, 
then I would be chasing the court. Because the first thing you want to be sure of is that they actually received it. Um, and then if they've received it, at least then you know, well, the court will make it at some stage. Um, you right. did, did you email it in or has it been done by the portal? You've emailed it. Was, it. Uh, done by, my barrister did it by the portal, I believe. Oh, okay. See, when we do them by the portal, they come back really quickly. Um, so check with your barrister then, because the, because they were the ones that drafted and sent it in. They've now got the responsibility of sort of chasing that up. So go back to the barrister and say, look, still haven't received it. Um, can we, you know, can we get confirmation that it's actually been received by the court? I mean. Right. Okay, brilliant. And then the next step was going to be um, obviously now that the uh, the financial order's been um, signed and sealed. Hopefully, yeah. Um, is it a case of now we we can apply for the decree absolute or is yes, it, yes. Because what... my ex was the one that started the divorce process. Can I apply for the decree absolute or would it be ha would it have to be her? No, it would have to be her. And I would wait until yeah. you get that sealed order back from the court, just because. Right the court might send it back and go, oh, just before we seal it, can we just have a bit more information? So then you have to kind of, you know, and I'm sure that won't happen because you've instructed a barrister, but I never like yeah. to sort of assume that the court's going to make the order. Um, so just wait until you've got that sealed order and then, yes, your, your soon-to-be ex-wife will need to apply for the decree absolute. Brilliant. Thank you. You're welcome. All the best. Thanks, KK. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, just want to say a big shout out to my mods. Andy, I'll be with you in one second. Uh, big shout out to my mods on TikTok. I can see them all dealing with some difficult stuff this evening. Appreciate that um, and know that I've got your back. I am keeping my eye on that as well. Um, Andy, whenever you are ready, what's your question? Hiya. Um, Hello. So I'm just, just going through a... Uh, separation now, uh, divorce papers have been put in, um, but on receipt of the divorce papers, I haven't actually seen my boys for five months since, uh, coming up six months. Okay. Um, seems to be a lot of power playing going on, um, lots of excuses, so forth. Um, I've contacted a mediator to try and get that going. Um, but the response was, that's fine, I'll do mediation if you pay for it all. Um, which, obviously, is there's, there's double the cost of, of whatever that is. And I'm just wondering how much, because of all the issues I'm having before mediation, and understanding that the mediation doesn't set things in stone as such, is it worth just going, uh, saying I've attempted to go for mediation, haven't had any luck, and go straight to the courts? Yeah, so mediation, as I've said um, to another caller this evening, Andy, it, it's definitely um, a voluntary process. And if you feel that you're not actually getting anywhere because there's a power play there and the mediator isn't helping you get round that, then absolutely. Don't feel that you have to continue with the mediation, okay? Um, you can just make your application to the court. It's interesting that your question started with, with the divorce, uh, then followed on by I haven't seen the children for five months. Seeing the children is completely separate to your divorce and finances. So I say that you may not be under the impression that they're connected, but I just want you to know that they're not. You know, regardless of whether you're separated, divorced or, you know, thinking about separating, 
those kiddies have a right to have a relationship with both of you, okay? So I just want to make that part clear. But yeah, I mean, if, you, if you don't feel that mediation is working or that, you know, you're any close to resolve, by all means, make a C100 application. You know, the... The, the downside with court applications is that they can be quite stressful because anything that's being litigated is stressful. The upside to them is that they do put a finish line um, in place because at some point you are going to get to a final hearing if you can't agree and the judge is going to make an order. Does that help? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's just trying to weigh up whether or not paying for both sides of mediation yeah going the court route and she would have to uh contribute herself for that yeah um, yeah sort of cost effective and and i think Um, i think if you're if you're paying for all of it and you know if you decided to come on here and have a chat with me this evening i think deep down you probably know what the answer is already um you know mediation you should come away from mediation each time i think just feeling that you've made even a small step forward, a little bit of progress. Um, we and haven't it, even got, got to that far. I've literally just had an inquiry meeting um, yeah. with a mediator and said, uh, what, what are our options to be immediately told? I won't pay for it. You can sort out the meetings, but um, you, yeah. can, you can pay for it. So already not really engaging in the spirit of it and probably not recognising that actually it's the children's right to have a relationship with you. Um, And as you say, there's a lot of power play going on. Um, If you haven't even had one session, perhaps consider that. Just have one session if you want to. Again, it's a voluntary process, Andy, so you can't be forced to do it. If you didn't um, want... um, uh, to you know engage with it then then by all means don't don't at all yeah because her power play at the moment as well is that the eight-year-old i've got uh, a three and an eight and the eight-year-old is saying that he doesn't want to see me um but i again feel that that's a lot due to tainted views yeah um and tainted opinions uh, more so than uh than what the child actually wants, yeah. I was actually, I haven't even had a phone call with them for five, six months. Yeah, children children love their parents unconditionally, Um, we know that. But when they haven't seen a parent for a while, um, they can start to almost feel protective to the parent that they're with. And if that other parent is playing games, then it can also make the children feel guilty for wanting to see you. Um, all the more reason, Andy, I think, to put the matter before the court because what the court can do that the mediation won't is get CAFCAS involved so that CAFCAS can actually go and have a chat with the children. And, you know, at the age of eight, they will definitely sit down um, and have a chat with the children. Whereas the mediator, there's going to be a lot of emphasis on having mum engage with the process. But, you know, if, if you if you think at this stage she's not going to, don't do it. If you think actually we'll have one joint session and let's see the outcome of that joint session, um, then then do that. But ultimately, it's up to you. Yeah, because I, I just found when when we were together, if uh, the eight year old didn't want to to do something, it was always, well, you're the parent, so he should just do it. 
but now she's allowing him to have a voice which she wouldn't have allowed when we were together. Yeah. So that's sort of where the, the power play is sort of there. Is, and, and, is, uh, and also, how, how is she asking him if he wants to see me? She's saying, do you want to do this, this and this, or see your dad? Yeah, it, it's um, not... It really isn't the responsibility of an eight-year-old to have to make that decision, and that's where the guilt comes into it then, because he's made to feel that if he says he wants to see you, that actually that's the wrong answer, potentially. Um, so it borders on parental alienation. Um, at eight, they are made available for contact um, and it, it's not up for debate, really. And, and the analogy I use is that, you know, if an eight-year-old wakes up and says, I don't want to go to school, we don't let them stay at home. They have to go to school, you know? Um, so it's... One more thing is he's also mentioned that he's under mental health uh, care because of his feelings and everything about... Um, the split and yeah. his school life. Yeah. What what sort of onus does that have on him seeing me? Because she says that the doctor said that he can't see me because of his mental state at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that I'd be asking for is evidence of that. I'm not so sure that I've never seen a GP's report that says this person has mental health and it's completely the fault of the father. And therefore, the way that we make him better is that he has no contact with the father. Um, you know, I'm not so sure that GPs would be that bold as, as to come out with a statement like that so I think as his father with parental responsibility you recognize that there is something going on but let's ask for the evidence that actually says you are the root cause of that um, and chances are it can't be provided and I think the more that you you speak about the situation Andy the more I'm minded to sort of suggest to you that actually you probably need a court application because you can get the medical records ordered, etc. Um, and, you know, have, have a little bit more um, influence there as to what's provided. Plus, any allegations that mum makes will be challenged. All right. Thank you very You're much. You're welcome. Thank you. Oh, good luck, Andy. All the best. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, that's us, guys. That's another hour of Family Law Questions done. Massive thank you to my mods tonight. Um, they have worked uh, really hard. I can see that there's been a lot going on. Um, thank you to everyone that joined me in the lounge. Apologies to Kay and user 3344, who've still got your hand up. But I am back here tomorrow at six o'clock. Um, next week, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Um, and I'm going to bring Discord forward an hour. So starting next week, I'm going to be doing five till six. Um, so I hope that works for all of you. But for the rest of this week, so for tomorrow and Wednesday, I shall be here six or seven as normal. So to all of you on Discord, thank you again for joining me, all my familiar faces in the lounge. Stay safe and I will be back here again tomorrow. Good night, guys.